All right, welcome to another episode of Stuffing the Stat Sheet. I'm your host, Joey Ricotta, and with me today is Joe Maris. He's with ontapsportsnet.com alongside myself. Um, he's also a writer for the site, and he, he contributes to the Cubs on Tap post-game shows and podcasts. You can find them at Cubbies on Tap if you want to check those out. He did one earlier today after this amazing Cubs game that – him nor I actually watched um, <laughs> you know, on the radio, um, which actually gave it a, an amazing type of feel because it felt like while listening to the game that I don't know about you, Joe, but I felt like I was there at the game just listening to it. And I have not felt like that while listening to a game since 2016. And that's no disrespect to Pat and Ron because they do an incredible job and I love listening to the games, but this just had a different type of feel to it, Joe. Um, you know, full capacity. It wasn't a sellout, um, but it might as well have been uh-huh. as loud as it was. Um, Joe, give me your, your thoughts on just the atmosphere and what it was like just listening to the game even. Right, I mean, I completely agree. Pat and Ron just put us right there. I had, I mean, I had, especially the Rizzo 14 pitch at bat. I mean, I had chills. I couldn't even imagine what it was like being at the game. Uh, Pat and Ron, they, like you said, they do such a great job putting you at the game. So I, it, it's, it was an incredible day. Obviously, we all wish we could have watched it or even been there, but I'm not too upset at when I have to listen to the bro- uh, radio broadcast instead. It was just a great day. Absolutely, man. Anytime you can knock off those damn Cardinals um, and being full capacity. I mean, like you mentioned it, you mentioned the, uh, the Rizzo at bat there. Uh, You know, I just, you you could feel it building, you know, as I'm working, you could feel it building just at at bat. And they're talking about how, yeah, he just kind of spoils these pitches. He always gets more pitches. He, he fights off, you know, a lot of these two strike, uh, pitches because of his approach, choking up a lot. And then you can just start feeling it and you hear the crowd it just get so freaking loud. And Ron, he just called, he's like, we've been waiting a year and a half for this. And that's what it felt like. It felt mm-hmm. like everybody just let it all out um, prior to the home run and after the home run, just incredible. That was, that was the game changing moment. Hands down, and maybe one of the best at bats that we'll see even this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's something you're gonna you're gonna look back on for the rest of the season, maybe even beyond that. Just a great moment that kept a a great day overall in the city of Chicago. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, it, with the post game, they mentioned it. Uh, I think it was Zach Zaidman who said that that was the longest at bat or most pitches in an at bat that resulted in a home run since they started tracking pitches in 1988. And I thought it was really just crazy that Anthony Rizzo, when they interviewed him in the post game, they interviewed him and he mentioned something about the feeling of the atmosphere at Wrigley field today. Um, being so great. Like it was the first time Wrigley field had lights like in 1988. And he said, 1988. And I'm like, wow, you just did something that we haven't seen, you know, since they started tracking something in 1988 that was already mentioned. And then you mentioned that it was just, 
really crazy to hear mm-hmm. that. Yeah, man, it's quite the coincidence. I, you know, you saw, I think David Ross said after the game that the crowd really played a big part in, in this win. And, you know, I'm not sure how much of a believer you or anyone listening is and, you know, crowd getting people in the game. But I think today that might have switched and made some believers. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you could, you could see it. I, well, not see it for us, but you could kind of feel it with uh, the starting pitchers right away. I mean, yeah, they, they had a clean first inning, but Johan Oviedo, he's young. Um, he doesn't have too much major league experience. You know, Cole Stewart, same thing. He's pitched some games, but uh, sporadically, and, you know, he's bounced around, obviously, from the Twins, and not much this year. Um, this is like his – I think it was his third outing. Third start, yeah. But he, um, you know, obviously it was going to be difficult for them because you come in there with this type of raucous crowd. I'm, I'm absolutely – I'm with you. I'm a believer in that. Uh, this atmosphere is is not for the – not for the uh, – What's the word I'm looking for? Faint of heart. Yeah, not for the faint <laughs> of heart. You have to have stones mm-hmm. to play uh, in this type of atmosphere. No. And who's got stones, Joe? Anthony Rizzo. Biggest <laughs> stones of them all, I think. And 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 I do want to touch on this, and I don't want to go too deep into it because personally, I. I've come to terms with the fact that I don't really give a shit what anybody does when it comes to this. And and that might be the wrong take to have, but the reason why I don't care is because I knew going into this, that there were going to be people that wanted to take the vaccine and were going to, and there were people that weren't going to take the vaccine and weren't going to, or didn't want to, and weren't going to. Um, So I've come to terms with that because I just know how people are. You know, I, I, I personally, I'm vaxxed. I've got both my vaccines, so that's just on record. I, I, so whatever you can look at me as an anti-vax or whatever, I'm just defending an asshole. Whatever. I don't think Anthony Rizzo is an asshole, but that came out before the game that he didn't doesn't have his vaccine, gotten his shots, and he still doesn't know if he's going to or not. Now, I just think it's crazy that all this happened in the same day. And then he has that amazing at bat. And he's, he got, a, I mean, obviously just amazing amount of noise and cheer for him as he should have. But, um, are, do you have any thoughts on like that whole situation or anything, uh, that happened that we found out before the game? Hey, I mean, if you think any different of Rizzo as a baseball player because of this, then I really don't know what to say to you. I mean, listen to the crowd after he hit that home run. I mean, the dude the dude is Chicago Cubs baseball, and he really proved that today in the biggest spot of the season almost at, to, up to this point. So, he, he you know, he's the cap, unofficial captain of the Chicago Cubs, captain if they could make him captain. So, I mean, I'm not going to question him as a leader of the team or a player, so... Absolutely, dude. I'm I'm with you. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous to me that there's so much judging going around uh, in the world. And I mean, you know, not to make it like about that situation in particular. Obviously, that that's what it, that's what it is. That's what it was talked about before the game, or that's what came out. But um, just so much judgment being thrown around there. I mean, he said he consulted doctors. He he's trying to make the best choice for himself. And I I mean. 
look at look what he does for the community. Look what he does for kids. You know, uh, obviously he's a cancer survivor. Uh, we have no idea what goes on in other people's lives and what leads them to what decisions that they make. So I'm not going to judge the guy. I, I don't, I could honestly give a crap less. I, I want a good product on the field. Uh, I want a player that's going to give it his all. And that's Anthony Rizzo time and time again, he proves that. And uh, he, like you said, man, he's the, the, the captain without the C on his chest. Um, mm-hmm. that, And he'll always be, the second coming of Mr. Cub to me. So I don't care. I loved every second of it. And uh, I will always love Rizzo. Don't care. Agreed. To the day I die. Yep. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, as we kind of transition a little bit here, uh, some other guys had great games, obviously. Um, you know, oh, and I didn't even point out the fact that the Cubs are actually trailing in this game five to one. Um. Early in the game, you know, it, it looked kind of grim. You know, it, it was uh, – I wouldn't say – like, I never really thought that they wouldn't strike back mm-hmm. because I, I just that crowd and just the guys that they have in that lineup and the returns of some of the guys in the lineup that they – that hadn't been there, like Javi Baez and, uh, you know, I know he didn't have, like, an amazing game today uh, at the plate, but – but, um, you know, you, you get those guys back that just had off days and uh, given an off day from mm-hmm. the UDARP, which they pulled out, you know, Chris Bryant back in the lineup, Wilson Contreras back in the lineup. I just always had that feeling that they were going to come back. But it needs to be noted that they did come back from five to one. Right. I mean, that was it, – it was like, oh, boy, here, how are they going to lose on this day in this situation? And – they quickly, you know, overcame any de- or the deficit. It was, it was just like that. I mean, they got down two nothing. Jock hit that solo homer, and immediately after that, Cole Stewart, who, like you mentioned, is making made his third career start for the Cubs, came out and had a really bad fifth inning. You know, thankfully he got into the fifth inning, which the Cubs definitely needed, uh, but he was not able to get an out, and Keegan Thompson came in to replace him and allowed his two inherited runners to score. So that's what made it five to one. And, but after that, I mean, everything was just nails in the bullpen really gave the Cubs a a chance and the momentum to keep scoring runs. I mean, they scored every inning from the fourth to the eighth. I mean, that's, you know, if if you had any doubt in your mind, they quickly erased that. Yeah, dude. Yeah, they definitely did. And, uh, you know, Keegan Thompson, despite, you know, allowing those runners to score, which were inherited, as you mentioned. Um, he, you know, he's been great. I, I I don't, I think it's a tough spot, especially for a youngster to come in, uh, not to, you know, not touch on all the things that you were talking about there, but um, it's kind of a lot to unpack. But I, I feel like I just quickly want to talk about Keegan Thompson because I feel like he's been, for the most part, really damn good out of the bullpen. And uh, Ross has obviously been using him as like a multi-inning type of guy and you know we've kind of talked about it at uh, at on tap about you know him possibly being in the rotation down the mm-hmm. line Still up for debate or uh you know remains to be seen but um it's a tough spot to come in as a youngster like that with guys all over the bases in this type of atmosphere, in this type of game. Like, we're talking about, you know, Johan Oviedo being young, Cole Stewart being young, 
Keegan Thompson, even though he's pitched really well, he's young. He's a rookie. Right. You know, so that's- yeah, I mean, he's – oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, yeah. So, I mean, Thompson, it's been unfortunate for him in the recent goings. I mean, he's really been put into pretty crappy situations. He's the first guy out of the pen when the starting pitcher struggles. So he's always in the game. Cubs are, you know, more more recently, he definitely has had some high leverage situations where that he's done extremely well in. I mean, overall, he's got a two ERA, you know, and I live with that every day of the week. But he's really been put into some crappy situations, and he's done the best with them. Yeah, he gave up those two inherited runners. Not ideal, but that was it right there. He shut the door right there, limited the damage. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's exactly what we needed at that time. And he, get, I mean, he gave it to us, and he's been giving it to us just like that, you know, for a majority of the season. You know, I think in what you mentioned about him being into the starting rotation, I think at the moment, especially with Justin Steele being on the IL, I think that's what's keeping them from maybe giving him another start. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think we'll have to see what happens when the bullpen fills out a little bit. He's also just been doing so well in the bullpen. Do you really want to change that? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm with you. You do. You don't, you don't fix what's not broken. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, he, he's going to get shots down the line to start. And he already got earlier this season to start mm-hmm. against the Dodgers, which, which was, you know, came out of left field. Right. right. Like, so, yeah. I mean, and that was, his, was that his first outing too? His first no, game? that was, I think that was his second though. I think he, he came in like two, that was, so that was against the Dodgers. And that weekend before was when they were in Cincinnati and he, pitched like an inning or something okay a weekend where javi came out and talked to amir garrett okay yeah i could i didn't even remember that but was he sent down uh, he, was he sent down and then called back up for that start or? i think he was actually i think he was optioned back and then something happened immediately I'm, i doubt he even left the city yet to be honest it was that quick <laughs> yeah, yeah there was the double header and they gave him the start for the for game one i was actually at that game so that was fun oh, to watch nice. Oh, actually, yeah, no, no. I was actually I was at the game that I, that was the doubleheader. I was at the first game that day, where Hendricks pitched, got him mixed up. Okay. Well, either way, I mean, right. It's good to be at those games. Yeah, that's oh. when they jumped on Kershaw early. Yeah, that's definitely. Fun. And that's when uh, that led to Cody's eating of the mayonnaise. Right. After that whole series, right? Which I think, and he he updates it after every game. The, after today, Cubs are twenty and eleven since he ate a whole jar of mayonnaise, which is still ridiculous. But it, he's—I don't know—it's what is making the Cubs win. But if that's what's making the Cubs win, I'm all for it. And maybe he needs to eat like mayonnaise in in August, or the dog days, or something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I. I like what you said about Keegan Thompson and, uh, you know, and Cole Stewart. I, I actually really like what Cole Stewart brings to the table. I think he's got good stuff. I think this is where he'll most likely get sent back down at some point. Definitely. And probably when uh, uh, Trevor Williams gets back, and it, I don't think he's too far off. I mean, you know, <laughs> with the uh, emergency appendectomy, I don't mean to laugh at that. It's just. 
it's just kind of one of those crazy things. It's like, right. huh? Because of why? Right. And, uh, you know, then obviously it put him on a 10 day IL and, and, uh, Elzelai, uh, you know, he, he's been probably the best pitcher or second best pitcher. We could talk about May, you know, he maybe not, maybe not if you just look at just May, but overall this season, like Elzelai had really, Bentorn becoming an ace, and I mean, and I tweeted this a while ago. Um, well, not a while ago; it was after his last start. But uh, he only walked five batters in his past six starts, and then of course he had to come out early. His last outing, he only went, I think, three plus innings, and gave up four runs. But he had only walked five batters in his previous six starts. He walked five in that game, but the blister. Obviously, it was probably a big reason for that. But Alzelay, I love what he's shown and developing into. And with this, him using his slider more is really, I think it's really benefited him. Um, and also, the thing the thing I worry about with him, though, and I, I like the fact that he's on the IL. I never like when somebody's on the IL. Let me backtrack that for a second. But the reason why I like that, it's happening now at this point in the season, it's just a blister. Like a blister is not really that big of a thing is he only pitched 120 and a third innings. That was his max for a single season. And that was in 2016 at a ball and South at South bend. It, so it's been a little while. Cause he's dealt with injuries, you know, the past few seasons, really uh, different, different points. He's dealt with different injuries and, so I think they want to kind of limit his innings a little bit. And I think the load management, that's why Ross has kind of pulled him out. He's been quick with a lot of these starters for the most part. But I think they really want to limit his innings. And I think that it's a good thing that um, that he's going on the IL now for just a blister. Maybe they can kind of, you know, limit that in a weird way, I guess. Right. You know, it could be a blessing in disguise. I mean, you look at what – Jock Peterson was able to do when he returned from the IL. Uh, you know, you never know. Obviously, the blisters from what a lot of, you know, Ryan Dempster said this on the broadcast, the blisters can linger. You know, it sounds something so stupid as a blister to, you know, non-baseball fans. But you know, like you said, I mean, he walked five play, he walked five batters in his last start. That was very uncharacteristic from the, you know, small sample size from his previous six starts. So something was definitely off. I'm glad that they didn't really flirt around with it. And they're just like, all right, you're going on the injured list. We're going to let this heal up and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take you back when it's, when it's all good. So I'm glad they didn't flirt around with this one and they just handled it right away. Cause we've seen the Cubs do that where they wait around in a, a couple extra days. So, you know, they took it, they, they did it right away. And hopefully when he comes back, he can pick up right where he left off. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I guess I kind of skipped <laughs> skipped over some of the game. Just started, went right into Elzelai. I was just – we were talking about uh, the pitching staff for a second because just because we were talking about Cole Stewart and Keegan Thompson and just kind of how this whole thing shakes out. But, um, you know, I guess we can just kind of continue with the rotation here, although there are some things that I want to get to with the game itself still uh, from today. And, well, when you're listening to this yesterday – but um, no, I like Zach Davies. 
horrible start. 9.47 ERA in April. Since the calendar turned to May, Davies has made eight starts. In 41 and two-thirds innings pitch, he has a 2.16 ERA. So, I mean, and that changeup, like we saw at the last game against the Padres, he's dotting it. He, he really was moving it around. Um, he was attacking low in the zone, I thought, but but kind of he, he just mixed it up really well, I thought. Um, obviously, they were able to kind of take care of uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. and the big thunder in that lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Arietta. Arietta turned in the South outing. Which very Arietta, he'd struggled and he was just coming off of what like food poisoning or whatever it was something like that yeah that made him uh, come out and pitched horribly against the Giants but overall his body of work is pretty decent uh, for the season it's just and we've talked about it time and time again you guys have talked about it time and time again on uh, the Cubs on tap on tap pod and live streams they got to get more length from these starters and kyle hendricks obviously he's the team's ace and some people say that's his fault i don't think so because i think his track record shows that it's not really by default Uh you look at like 2000 since he came into the league really he's top five in just about every category outside of he's not a huge strikeout guy but all the other categories, the ERA, anything you want to look at. You know, the other names on that list are like Verlander, Scherzer, Kershaw. I mean, he's he's up there with all these guys. And uh, after, you know, a terrible start, just like Davies, he's rebound ni- rebounded nicely. Um, at one point, you know, he had one of the worst ERAs, and he had given up the most home runs in baseball. But since the beginning of May, he has a 3.13 ERA. And he's the only consistent one giving them six-plus innings. So, I mean, uh-huh. it's just – I don't know. I'm struggling here because obviously the bullpen, which we're going to talk about, has been a huge strength. But, like, we got a Hendricks. Like, when, when, it, when is it okay to trust these guys, if you're David Ross, to get you more than just five? Or is just five just okay right now? You know, I – I'm totally on the same side as you as far as Ross having an early leash. My only counterpoint is that it's obviously working. Yeah. So that's my only counterpoint is it's it's clearly working. You know, he's getting he's getting these bullpen guys uh, started. They get to start clean innings. And mm-hmm. I mean, we've got Ryan Tapera, who just won NL reliever of the month. Uh, Ch- Chafin's outstanding. Kimbrough is exactly what we thought we were getting and then include tommy nance uh keegan thompson and i mean the name you know just an endless list of names you never heard of outside of chicago so <laughs> it, it's clearly working with that you know ross taking guys out i agree though that he need at some point you just have to see what you can get out of these guys because we can't we can't continue just to get four or five innings out of our starters. He's pulling guys at like 75 pitches without, mm-hmm. you know, when they're only at like one or two runs. I get, you know, the big thing in baseball now, it's third time through the order. And you definitely see those big spikes. But at some point, you just got to let you got to ride with your guys a little bit. 
And obviously the trust factor with Hendricks is through the roof. Mm. But if this continues to work, you know, I'll swallow my words. So, yeah, you know, and, and you make great points. And that's that's exactly exactly why it's not more of an issue right now or, or an issue at all, because it's working uh-huh. and dominant. I mean, not even not good. Dominant, like like. Best in the league type of dominant. And and let me read off just some numbers here that I, I looked at. So 11.22 Eastern time on Friday on Fangraphs. So I looked at the splits. Team leave pitching. So it's changed after today, obviously. And I guarantee you it's better at this point. Um, but second in ERA, 2.70 ERA. First in K per nine, 11.21. Milwaukee's second, but they're like 10.85, I believe. Third in F4, which is Fangraph's war, 2.8. Fourth in home runs per nine, 0.74 home runs per nine. First in batting average against, 193. Opponents are hitting 190, one freaking 93 against this team. (laughs) The bullpen is incredible. I've never seen in my life since I don't know birth or whenever I started liking baseball, <laughs> yeah, uh, I've never seen a bullpen this dominant. And the only thing that I'm scared of, Joe, how dominant this bullpen is. Um, the only thing I'm scared of is I don't want them to be overtaxed. Right, as the on the stretch, you are going to need these guys and depend these guys like nothing else because they are so freaking good. Mm-hmm. Really good too, by the way. I think you that that's exactly the the biggest worry about what we're doing right now is just overworking these guys. You don't want that to compound into an injury or just struggles. You, you never know. I mean, if this it's unlikely that this continues for the rest of the season, but you know, at some point, baseball is as unpredictable as anything in the world. So, who fucking knows, man? <laughs> it's true. It's so true. Uh, when you put it like that, who the fuck knows? Um, yeah, no, it's it's true. I mean, you could get a broken bat single. You could walk a guy, another broken bat single in air. All of a sudden, you got a blown save or a blown lead. Mm-hmm. And you know, Dylan Maple's out there in a low leverage situation or something. Um, yeah, which Dylan Maple's has not been terrible, by the way, but... Um, I'm not trying to pick on Dylan Maples. Uh, Rex Brothers has been good too. We didn't even mention him. Mm-hmm. Winkler, Winkler, Winkler's been good. Yeah. It, it's 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 everybody. Literally everybody you name has had something to do with this. The bullpen stats that I read off, which are better uh, after Friday's game, obviously because they didn't allow a run, an earned run. Um, and those guys were just shut down. Nance doesn't even have an ERA yet. Uh, what, an 11 and two-thirds innings pitched? Mm-hmm. K- Kimbrell, his stat line reads nice. 0.69 ERA. <laughs> right. <laughs> 0.69 whip. I mean, to be honest, <laughs> you, you, I mean, it should just say nice, though, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, the whole thing's nice, but. 
Yeah, man. I, I don't want to beat a dead horse about this bullpen, but that is the strength of this team right now, and it's it's fun to watch. When any of these guys come in the game, I have no worries whatsoever. But everything, I'm just chill, and I'm like, okay, what are the bats going to do when they come up? You know? I mean, especially today. Once once we got to 5-5 five to five after that Rizzo home run, you're like, all right, you know, get to 6. Cubs aren't allowed another run. And that's just undescribable feeling. Yeah. Absolutely, dude. Um, you know, and let's talk a little bit about the game. Go back to it just for a second. Um, you know, you mentioned Jack's home run. He had a big day, three hits today. Um, <laughs> Peterson just showing so much swag. I love I love the, the blonde mustache that he's got going on, the, the peach fuzz, whatever you want to call it, the little mm-hmm. dash and holds it up in the air and then going around the bases, doing the Tatis still. We're not even playing the Padres anymore, but he's still, like, doing the Tatis uh, <laughs> after a home run. Um, he's got so much swag right now. The whole team just has so much swag. Just it, it's there's – some, there's something about this team, dude. With all these injuries, um, being able to pull it out, we, we don't have – Horner right now. Nico Horner's on the IL. Bodie's on the IL. Matt Duffy, Duffy right. just got Marisnik back. Just got Hayward back. Who, by the way, uh, uh, before the game, I don't know if you were thinking it, but I'm looking at the lineup and I'm like, no Ian, Ian Happ? Huh. Right. Hayward. Especially since he, he would have been able to hit lefties today. That was a little strange. Yeah. Yeah, you know how do you get in a how do you get in a rhythm? And I don't want to question Dave Ross too much because he's pushed a lot of great buttons or all the right buttons for the most part. But how do you get in a rhythm as a left-handed hitter? Even I mean, I always struggled against left-handed pitching as a right. But how do you even get in a rhythm as a lefty hitting righties if you're not in the lineup every day? And he just hit a homer the other day against the Pirates. And he didn't he have a pinch hit today too. I he mean, did, yeah. He had a hit today too. He had a pinch hit single. But like all three of those guys, so it was like, all right, either Haps in, in the outfield and Hayward's on the bench, or Haps at second base and Alcantara is on the bench. All three of those guys contributed. Hayward had a solid day. Alcantara, yeah. Had, yeah. Um. I don't know. It's like even when you question the lineup decisions or like what is doing or what he's, what the thought process went was going into whatever the decision was, it works. So like here we are trying to be like armchair analysts, right? And it's like, what are we even questioning or dissecting? You know? Right. I mean, we're just being nitpicky just because we can. I mean, he's doing an outstanding job. I uh, I love everything that's that I, I love everything that's going on right now. There's a reason I'm on the couch. He's in the game. You know, obviously that's the number one argument for somebody who doesn't agree with you. But <laughs> but you had some. It's it's a valid point. He's doing all the right things, pushing all the right buttons, like you said. And the team loves him. The team loves each other. And they really love the crowd today. It was just, you know, everything converging all yeah. at once. And just a perfect day for it came back from four runs down and just beat down the Cardinals. You love to see it. 
Unless you're a Cardinals fan, then you hate to see it. But uh, you're probably no, not listening to this if you're a Cardinals fan. You probably not listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> you you know my you know what I'm about at this point. If you if you're if you're listening to this, you stumbled upon this uh, very accidentally, and you went down a deep hole that you should get out of immediately. The only reason um, Cardinals fans are listening to this is if they beat the Cubs. Yeah, then they're the yeah. They might find joy out of like our right. our like tears <laughs> and sadness. Um, I uh, another thing too. How much? Speaking of joy uh, uh, of like somebody else's pain, how happy were you to see that Yadi Molina and Noah uh, Arenado they converged again on screwing up another inning for the card? <laughs> I mean, yeah. For it started with that pass ball that Yachty just completely whiffed on. I mean, it was a not the easiest pitch to catch, but I mean, he's got to catch that. Yeah. And then tries to get up, tries to pick off Alcantara at third base. Or not, I probably should have caught it. I don't know why he didn't, but that ball ended I don't know up why in left field. The one the other game, either. right? I mean, but... it was almost the same, it was almost identical. <laughs> Weird. It's awesome. It, that 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 really just is like the cherry on top. That Yachty's the one who really you know spearheaded that big inning. And I saw uh, the Cardinals Twitter account tweet out another three hit game for Yachty. I'm like he also cost you guys two runs. So <laughs> that's just something they're not going to mention. You'll see. Uh, you'll just see endless highlights of him throwing out Jack Peterson in the first inning. Yeah. <laughs> I think honestly. I I do – yeah, you're going to see that, and you're not going to see the mistakes because uh, Yachty's on his way to the Hall of Fame. So everybody's got to push that. Uh, and not to say that he's not a Hall of Famer. No, I'm not, of course not. not. Yeah, I'm not saying that. He is a Hall of Famer. I, I just think that there's – and even offensively, like if you look at his career numbers and you like actually put him up against a lot of these other catchers, He's not really been, had that great of a career offensively. He just holds the Cubs. Yeah, I mean, his offensive career really started, like, within the last, like, six years. His first mm-hmm. couple years in the league were pretty brutal at the plate, and he's definitely figured it out in the last he, – he's been a very good hitter, but it's mm-hmm. has it, he's gotten better as he's gotten older, which is, you know, kind of weird. But yeah. he has become a very good hitter. But, yeah, when you look at his overall career stats – the offensive numbers don't really jump at you, but just like I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't, I yeah, I don't want to bash the guy. I, like, I mean, yeah, I'll, ba- I'll bash him because I can't stand him, especially when he plays the Cubs. But um, like, yeah, I'm not going to discredit anything that he's done on a baseball. Like, uh, saying that he's a bad player because he's not. He's one of the best of all time. Right. Uh, uh, if you look at even numbers like. Team ERA, the Cardinals ERA when he catches compared to when he doesn't catch. It's a ridiculous stat. Um, I'm not sure exactly what it is off the top of my head, but team ERA when he catches and when he compared to when he doesn't, let's just say it's a lot better when he does. Um, and, that, and that means something, you know, even in this day of an age when we could possibly get be getting robo, uh, robo umps here soon. Um, you know, won't have to rely on uh, catcher framing, uh, pitch calling, and calling the game, and and working with pitchers. Well, that's still 
is a, is a major thing. And we don't have the robo umps yet. So the, the fact that he's been able to do what he's been able to do in his career, it's still, it's still remarkable. So, um, but yeah, um, one of the guys that their best hitter really has been Tyler O'Neill. And I was happy to see today. I don't know about you, but you know, he, he really has been just streaking. I mean, lately he's 286 with 15 bombs total on the season. Apparently, the Cubs are trying to shut him down like they shut down Fernando Tatis Jr. for the most part. Um, he went 0 for 3 with two Ks today. So mm-hmm. I thought that, I thought that was good to see. Yeah, I mean, he's in a ton of home runs recently. So it's definitely nice to see him go 0 for 3 to start the series. Hopefully that trend continues. But, I mean, he, yeah, he's, he's definitely probably their hottest hitter right now. So anything, if they can keep him at bay for the next two games, that'll be very pleasant. Just like Tatis, Tatis in the six games only had two hits. I mean, yeah. that's that's not gonna that's not gonna happen again. <laughs> yeah, if we face them in the playoffs, uh, I think he's gonna have a little chip on his shoulder. I'm sure. <laughs> but no, I definitely you know Tyler O'Neill obviously quieting him down. That's big. Um, we talked about this before hopping on here. I don't know if we talked about it um, recording or not, but I'll go ahead and mention it anyways. And hope that we didn't. Uh, uh, the Cardinals have been kind of hit a little bit with injuries here lately. So, I mean, the Cubs are really catching them at the right time as far as even just how well they've performed. The cards have dropped nine of their last 11, including a stretch where they lost six straight. And uh, the injuries – like I alluded to, uh, Jack Flaherty went down. Miles Michaelis, uh, he literally pitched one game and then got hurt again. Mm-hmm. Uh, other problems as the Cubs as far as uh, – and, and probably worse as far as their starting pitching looks right now. So, I mean, it's definitely – like this is a series I think that the Cubs – obviously they started well with this first game, but it's a series where you can really do some damage and get some – some major confidence going in the right direction with uh, really, but I mean, you could bury the Cardinals pretty early on here. I mean, the Cardinals right now, are, I think, are four games back. I mean, you finish off these two games; they're six games back. I mean, that's a tough hole to dig yourself out of, even if, even in mid June. That's a tough hole to dig out of. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, we've seen it happen. Of course, you stay within that striking range, six, seven games. Uh, you can. You can make a run here late, especially with a, I mean, with a longer season like we're having this year, normal regular 162 um, compared to a 60-game season. But you get that little, little bit of doubt, especially, and, and start getting the team morale even plummeting even more as far as the Cardinals go. And you already took two out of three against them. Uh, this, this could be big. This could mm-hmm. be definitely for the Cubs. Uh, this series, obviously, taking this this game one was big. Um, we talked about the bullpen. Uh, Wilson Contreras hit an opposite field home run, right? But, um, but that, <laughs> I mean, <coughs> excuse me, Wilson. He's quietly starting to pick it back up a little bit here. I mean, he had a he had a freaking tank against the Padres, um, not too long ago. I mean, yeah. You you wonder how that wrist is feeling still from St. Louis. I mean, it's he's been able to hit a couple home runs, have a couple of hits here and there. Hasn't caught fire, so to speak, but I mean, he's definitely 
trending in the right direction, but you, you really do wonder how that really taking 98 off the wrist. Oh, that's, that's still, I mean, he's still got to be feeling that. Yeah, dude. I don't know how he stayed in the game. I <laughs> don't question his toughness ever again. Not that anyone ever did, but right. That's incredible. No, you definitely cannot do that. So, um, he's, t- he's tough as nails. Um, one of the, one of the leaders on his team, one of the, the four leaders on his team. Definitely. Like, you know, or, or five, if you count Hayward as like a vocal leader, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever. I mean, th- there's more than one leader on this team. Obviously we know who the, the captain is, but with Rizzo, but mm-hmm. man, this team is just filled with, uh, we had really good complimentary pieces and getting contracts over the diamond and unsurprising contracts. We didn't even talk about Patrick Wisdom yet. Right. Um, I mean, he obviously he didn't do much uh, today, but it, what the heck? Where did, and we know he's a former Cardinal first-round pick. Um, I'm, I'm just assuming that the nerves were kind of there for him today, trying to do well against his former team. But uh, I'm sure he'll come back down to earth a little bit mm-hmm. too. But um, just I, I, I said this earlier on Cubs on Tap. It's like I, I think tomorrow he might be due for a little off day, and I, you know I think that may put in place for Bryant to get a start at third base for the first time in who knows how long. Because you probably want to keep Hayward in the lineup. Definitely got to keep Jock in the lineup. And with the, you know, I, they have a righty pitching tomorrow, so you probably see Happ in center. So I think we'll see KB back at third base tomorrow, unless Ross really wants to let Wisdom get another game against his former team. But I, th- I, th- I think you got to see maybe t- him have a rest day because he's been playing a ton. Yeah. So this, you're right. You're a hundred percent spot on. The one thing I'll say. And I could definitely see that happening. Uh, the one thing I'll say is they did have the off day on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So if they're looking at it like, well, you got an off day in between. And we didn't, while he could still be on this heater and he just kind of had an off day today, um, that would be one reason why maybe you wouldn't pull him out. And also you have the Sunday night game, uh, the nationally televised game Sunday night. So, possibly you wouldn't want him to play in that game. Like that could be like a, like maybe we shouldn't do that. So if they play him tomorrow and then sit him on Sunday, but I don't know, I'm just kind of spitballing here. Right. But um, I could see him to get an arrest day. He's due for one soon, at least just uh, not a day that he has to play the whole game anyways. And KB hasn't played a third for what, how long now? So. Uh-huh. He needs to think was, kind of say fresh there too, right? I think it was four twenty. <laughs> I, I think that was, I think that that was the last time he played. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, well, I mean, light him up and uh, put him at third. Literally light him up since the last time was four twenty. Uh-huh. Uh, he needs to get some reps at third base too, because he's still going to play a lot of third base. I think um, down the stretch. Uh, I think he's got to get in there. Uh, Marisnik, he had a hit today too. Yep, uh, it's not left, um, and it wasn't like a hard hit or anything. But nope, not it's at good all. To, it's good to see him like at least 
getting hits. In, and when he's on the bases, dude, he's fun to watch. Like, yeah. Him, yeah. Great center field defense. I, I love Marisnik. Yeah, he's awesome. But um, but but Joe. Uh, so as of checking this, which, well, I think we talked about this beforehand. We did. Uh, so it comes to the thirty-six run differential, plus thirty-six run differential, mm-hmm. which is I think eighth in the majors. That actually might have changed. So don't quote me on that because we're recording this as some other games are being played. Um, but Joe, can you guess or do you know who is the second best run differential? In the NL Central, yeah, we yeah, it, it's the Brewers. I know uh, we talked about this before too. It's but it's, I mean, they're just recently getting into the positives. You know, run differential is kind of like a new thing people are starting to look at as a pretty good indicator of how the team's doing. I mean, the Cardinals are a, a game above five hundred, but they're at minus twenty four. I mean, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> talk about things that don't add up. And but I mean you see the Cubs at plus thirty six. I mean you're feeling good at plus thirty six. Yeah, especially I mean, they more, play. I mean the Cubs play a lot of close games too. Especially that's what I mean, that's what surprised me. Not to cut right. you off, but that's no. what surprised me. They play so many close games mm-hmm. and, and run differentials that good. You know, it's weird. Right. I mean, you see, obviously, you got the the Dodgers at plus eighty nine, which is just stupid. You think the so- the Sox are way up there? The White Sox, yeah. The White Sox are at plus ninety, so the White Sox are number one in the league, yeah, and run differential. But I mean, that's what you mean. You see, the good teams have the you know have the higher run differentials, so it's nice to see the Cubs comfortably leading in that category in the NL Central. Because ultimately, I mean, you gotta you gotta win the NL Central, especially with the way the NL West is right now. You may not get more than one team out of the Central. So you should mm-hmm. be let's just let's win it and don't have to worry about it. So that that's definitely a good sign. You know, it's not the end all be all, obviously, but it's definitely a good sign of good things to come. Right. Yeah. At the end of the day, all these are just numbers and they're not predictive, but it is a good measure to kind of look at and gauge. Uh, Milwaukee's you know plus four run differential as we talked about. They are streaking right now. So. Uh, you know, yeah, their schedule has not been that – I mean, it's been pretty favorable for them. They're an absolute cupcake schedule. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, it's you got to kind of – I don't know, look at it with a grain of salt, I guess, right. a little bit. But they're, I mean, won- they're a good team, no doubt, but it's definitely yeah. been very favorable. And it's getting – it's going to stay favorable, too. They just mm-hmm. – they, they just play – they played in Detroit to start the month. Then they went to Arizona where they – swept four and then they went to Cincinnati. Cincinnati's not awful. Yeah, and I mean the Cincinnati, you know, they're a pretty good team still, but they won't they won that series. And right now they're in Pittsburgh or they're at home against Pittsburgh. So that's and then they go to the Reds. Then they play the two worst teams in the NL, Colorado, Arizona, and then Colorado again. I mean that's just an absolute cakewalk. I don't understand. See, this is the thing, though, that this is what makes me feel good about this. And, you know, they, they've won 12 of their last 14 after beating the Pirates tonight. Uh-huh. This is what makes me feel good about this. So their cupcake schedule now, they've had it. They're going to get it. You know, it's going to continue on for a little bit. The Cubs are in the middle of a rough stretch. Definitely. This trip was just brutal, and they somehow finished three and four on the trip. Uh, 
swept the Dodgers before, swept, you know, took two or three from the Cardinals before. Swept the Mets. Swept the Mets. They've gotten through these tough, tough teams. And I'm just looking at it like the schedule's got to quiet down for the Cubs at some point. The Brewers start getting the tough games. And the schedule quite now you still have to beat those those weaker opponents. Mm-hmm. And I Cubs don't take the foot off the gas a little bit, but it's it's we're here, you know, uh I think tied, right? Still tied with the Brewers. Yep, tied because of their win tonight. But uh I'm looking at it like if we're tied for the NL Central and this team is that hot with the Brewers being that hot. I like what I see right now. You know, I'm liking what the Phillies really hold. Right, and he, the Cubs, you know, starting from May 31st and up until now, I mean, they've played the, the Padres six times and the Giants four. I mean, those are the two top two of the top teams in the NL. Two of the three, you know, it's not including the Dodgers, who they have already swept, like we mentioned. I mean, and they took care of business. Obviously, they lost three or four to the Giants. But they came right back and played a nice series against the Padres. So I, you look at the teams in the NL that are lined up to make the playoffs at this current moment, and the Cubs have done really well against them. I mean, they swept the Dodgers. And it's not like they avoided those their good pitchers. They faced Bueller, Bauer, and Kershaw, and they won, and they won mm-hmm. all three. And then, you know, we saw Darvish. We saw Lamette twice. We saw Paddock, who's pretty good. Uh, Weathers in San Diego has been pretty solid for them. Yeah. So, I mean, the Cubs have, have been able to beat, you know, some of the top pitchers in the National League. You know, they're not doing it in any flashy, like, way or anything, but they're just getting it done. Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, the one the one team that we kind of might have avoided a little bit of the, you know, the really good pitching was probably the Mads because we right. didn't see the ground. And it looks like he got hurt tonight. I don't know how severe it is or how serious it is, but we might miss him again. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, yeah. You know, I, I, I wouldn't be too upset about it. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> no. but, they, uh, but they also have Marcus Stroman and Taiwan Walker who've been lights out as well. So, yeah, they're no slouches. No. They're, they're, they've got, they've got a good staff overall. Um, it's not easy to face them, especially, I think their lineup's starting to get going a little bit. I know that that's, um, you know, like James McCann, some of these guys are starting to hit for the Mets. Um, but yeah, man, 26 and 13 best record in the national league since April 29th. And I think that's what the focus needs to be on. If we're, you know, obviously we're Cubs fans, not trying to be overly biased here and just say, we're the best team of all time. We're the best team in the league. And obviously we don't have the best team in the, uh, record wise in the majors that belongs to the Tampa Bay Rays, but it, it really is like, there's something about this team, dude, like. I have strongly about a team since maybe coming out of the World Series, like 2017, when it was just like, yeah, you're riding that World Series high and you feel like this team's just going to just slaughter everybody from now on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, you've seen them go. We, we've had these little mini rough patches where they're not able to put any, anything together offensively, but they come right back out of it, which – you know, I think especially in April, you could see that they were the Cubs players. The mood was still awesome on the bench. And I said, you know, if they're not looking worried, I shouldn't be worried. Obviously, I still was. <laughs> but 
But, you know, if if they're feeling confident, I have no reason to question that. And since April 29th, I mean, you said it. I mean, they're just flat out proving it. April 29th is, I mean, that's no no small sample. That's that's a five weeks, six weeks almost. Yeah, that's a big chunk. And they're playing really good baseball. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Um, But, yeah, I guess we can kind of move on here a little bit from the Cubs. Um, Unless there was anything else you wanted to mention as far as um, how the team has played, what you what you expect um, going forward. I mean, I know we're kind of, I think, I feel like, and I've heard this from my buddy who's a Sox fan, like Cubs fans are like the ultimate optimists or like always optimistic. And I don't know, but I'm fine hanging my head on that. I'll be optimistic till I die. (laughs) Yeah. Why not? I mean, enjoy it. It's it's baseball. I want to see a winning product. I hope for wins. I don't hope for losses. I don't want to see tanking. I don't want to see selling. I want to see development through the system. And we're getting all of that right now. Like DJ Hers through the system. Like he's Mm -hmm. pitching well. It's it's DJ, right? DJ Hurts. DJ Hurts, yeah. Or Hurts, Hurts. Or whatever, yeah. Yeah. But he, like, I've heard nothing but great things about him. Um, uh, Robert Stock throwing 100 miles. Yeah. Um, I mean, you still have Braylon Marquez. You got all these short stops that you just got from uh, internationally and through the draft with Ed Howard and Christian Hernandez, Chase Trump. Um, it, I don't know. I think there's so much to look forward to. Uh, Justin Steele's on the IL right now. Um, he was pitching lights out before mm-hmm. he from dude stop hitting. Pitchers need to stop hitting. I'm sorry. But uh yeah, I think it's time. But that's a that's a big discussion. Yeah, we're <laughs> we'll we'll not get into that today because um yeah, we just won't go there. But uh it might help us because the ground got hurt, I believe it was uh hitting. <laughs> when it got hurt tonight. No, so. I think it's he's got he's got like a tendonitis issue in his arm, I saw. Oh, was it? Yeah, I don't think it's anything super serious, but you know, I'm no doctor, so I have no idea. I somebody tweeted out that they thought it was from him swinging, but I could be totally wrong about that. I I, I mean I I saw one tweet. You know who knows if that was right? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I have no idea. And like you said, I'm not a doctor either, so I. Never, but uh, no, man. Uh, is, was there anything else that you wanted to add as far as uh, just the Cubs go, like what they look like and uh, what the future may hold here, that we their projectable future? No, I think we pretty much hit everything. I mean, everything's looking good. You know, if things were going bad, I think we'd have a lot more to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what, that's what kind of sucks, too, because we start this podcast, and I feel so, so refreshed. I told you before that, you know, me and my girlfriend went to Pittsburgh. Went to P and saw the uh, the game that Trevor Williams pitched and Bodie hit a homer, and I feel so refreshed coming home tonight after this uh, Cubs win over the Cardinals. I was like, man, there's so many things I just want. I just want to get on a microphone and I just want to spaz out and I want to pump all this great into the microphone. And it's like, yeah, I think we've done that. We've accomplished that. Definitely. But some of the best episodes are when you're just like completely 
like nothing goes well and you have so much else to talk we're just like oh everything's great yeah <laughs> i agree but um but yeah so anyways with that said um cubs cardinals again tomorrow um let me see i gotta check do you do you, have, do you know the time of that game tomorrow it's a 6 15 6 15 starts so they got john gant going to the hill for the cardinals he's struggled with walks and stuff he's kind of got I don't want to say he's got no like light because I think he does a good job of minimizing the damage, but you know, his 2.63 ERA, it's kind of fraudulent. Like when you look at just how he's pitched and how he's gotten out of the damage that he's gotten himself into, I, I just feel like he's kind of due for, I don't know. I don't think he pitched that well his last time out. No, he, was, he really struggled his last start. I think uh, he walked six batters, something like that. And he gave up. I think. I think he gave up six runs. So I mean, if he if he's gonna walk people, I mean, we know the Cubs will take their walks, and you know the way they're hitting the ball, they're gonna take advantage of those base runners. So I like their chances if he's if he's gonna continue to walk guys like that. But I mean, uh, we'll have to wait and see tomorrow. Well, I mean, you're told you're t- <laughs> you you pretty much hit the nail right in that. So I'm looking at. On fan graph. So he's got a 2.63 ERA, but his FIP is 4.56. Mm. So, you know, taking away all external factors. So, every, so FIP, for those of you who don't know, is fielding independent pitching. So basically, singles out all the stats that are solely controlled by the pitcher. And that number is a, just like you mean much with run differential, it's a better indicator of how the pitcher is, you know, performing overall mm-hmm. and you know so you're most likely going to see that era creep higher and higher until they eventually meet somewhere you know around four maybe a little higher so i think you you really hit the nail on the head that he is it's kind of fraudulent and the fact that he's been able to escape jams that you know it Maybe some luck. The ball's bouncing his way. He's averaging six walks per nine. No. That's that's insane. That's approaching like uh, first season with the Cubs. Tyler Chatwood territory. Oh, don't even remind me. <laughs> not quite that bad though. But, <laughs> oh my god, uh, that's like walk per nine. That's, oh that's boy, not good at all. I think. He's going to do that. Yeah, like you said, the Cubs will definitely take their walks. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a team full of them outside of maybe Baez. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, we know he doesn't walk much and he will chase. So um, that could be a problem for him specifically. But um, if he's going to make mistakes in the zone, uh, maybe he could take advantage of some of that. And uh, Kyle Hendricks obviously going to the mound for the Cubs 7-4. and four. 4.59 year array overall, 56 Ks, but uh, much, much better than how he started the season. Like we mentioned earlier, um, you know, leading the league in home runs allowed. I don't know what, I haven't checked that recently, so I don't know what who's leading the league in home runs allowed at this point. I know Mike fulton was also up there at one point, um, but 3.13 ERA since uh, it turned to May. So since, or since the beginning of May. So, He's been he's been a stud. I mean, he's been what we thought he was, what we what we know that he is, mm-hmm. and what he knows that he's capable of. And uh, even that 
one of those starts against the Pirates, he didn't allow any hard contact. And that one first inning really kind of just, it, it was like all these little duck snorts and bloopers and mm-hmm. like that. Then they gave up like a four spot, I think, of the first inning. So we know how much success he's had against the Cardinals. He's, I've dominated this. Day. I think he threw, it was against the Cardinals where he had that 81 pitch, uh, complete game shutout. Yeah. I think that was 2019, 2018, maybe. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I think yeah, you're right. that was, yeah, that was an incredible day. I mean, so anytime you pitch a Maddox against a team <laughs> in mm-hmm. our modern era, Maddox, oh, especially, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Kyle Hendricks himself. So, I like the Cubs' chances. I think they're going to come. I mean, the Cards will be hungry tomorrow, but mm-hmm. it's to be out to a 5-1 lead and lose it. And then that crowd, uh, we know there's a couple guys in that lineup that don't care what the crowd does, like Yadi Molina, for example, uh, hitting-wise. But I just think, man, I like the Cubs' chances. What do you think about tomorrow? I completely agree. I mean, back on to Hendricks and – since the start of May and his seven starts, he's only got six walks and three, three of those walks came in his last start against uh, the giants. You know, something you saw, I mean, the Cubs ended up winning that game and, you know, he ended up, you know, after a rough start, I think he, he gave up three, he gave up two in the first and one in the, in the second. And he's able to go into the seventh inning and he really locked himself in. And kept us in that ball game enough for us to come back and win. I mean, you're saying every every start since the start of May, except for one against the Pirates, he was able to go into at least the sixth inning or co- complete six innings. Mm-hmm. So you're you're seeing him go deeper into games, which is always something that we need. So that's you know it's especially now. I mean, we had Cole Stewart only go four innings, four plus, pitch into the fifth. And, you know, we've had a lot of struggles with the starting pitching in the early innings. So any length we can get, especially at a Hendricks when you need it the most, that it's it's much needed. So I, I like their chances. I mean, really good time to kick the Cardinals while they're down. So I like our shot, especially with just the atmosphere going at Wrigley right now. Yeah, definitely, man. <clears throat> I agree with everything you said. Um... Yeah, I think let's go get the second W. Mm-hmm. Don't wait till Sunday night. Uh, Sunday nights can get a little wonky. It's on, you know, nationally televised games. You got to listen to uh, pro- probably fucking A Rod and uh, Matt Vescursion. Uh Never really had a problem with Vescursion until mm-hmm. he, uh, Sunday nights and then was paired up with A Rod and. Uh, uh, Jessica Mendoza, Ford. yeah, yeah, Jessica Mendoza. But man, they just—I I just don't understand. They call, they call Kimbrel's curveball a slider, and for whatever reason, that bugs the shit out of me. I don't know why, but it bugs the shit out of me because we know it's not a slider. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why are you calling it? Like, if you want to say knuckle curve, okay, don't call it a slider. Like. I mean, every breaking pitch is not the same, but everybody treats it like it's the same. But thankfully, I'm I'll be at the game on Sunday night, so I don't have to listen to that broadcast. Good shit. Good. Yeah, yeah you're you avoided uh, 
you you stayed out of harm's way with that one. Good, good on your part. You don't want to listen to it. Not at all. They do play on Fox tomorrow, though. So we will have to listen to some national broadcaster. I'm not sure if it's if it's going to be Joe Buck or anything, but oh, that's right. I completely forgot that Saturday was. I guess I wasn't thinking it would be because I know it's the Giants too last Saturday, right? Yeah. So that's okay. Well, yeah. we'll see. I you know what? I, this might be a hot take, and I don't know how you feel about it personally. You probably you might not like Buck. I actually I like Buck as a baseball announcer, and I can't stand him for a football announcer because I don't think he understands the game whatsoever. I think for baseball, it just gives me playoff vibes. Like hearing Joe Buck's voice and like thinking about memorable playoff games and stuff. I might not agree with half the crap that he talks about, but like I can I can I can stand him. I guess. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't say. I love him, but I definitely don't hate him by any means. I'm not, you know, it's not, I'm not pulling my teeth out listening to him talk. But, you know, I, I always would prefer to listen to our Chicago guys. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't hate Joe Buck at all, you know, one ounce. You know, he does, he does a good job. There's a reason he's in that spot. Football, I mean, now that you mentioned it, I, I don't think much about it. I think he always does a pretty decent job on football, but, you know, I'm, pretty focused in on the game and football so so i don't know but like hey, yeah. i totally agree with you as far as baseball i mean he he definitely knows more about baseball than football but yeah i think he does a solid job yeah i mean i think it's tough though too for like these national guys like they travel so much mm-hmm. like more than just like you're traveling with the team and you go to san diego and san francisco every three four days or whatever it is like like they're literally they do a gig and then they go somewhere else and they do a gig and they go somewhere and they have to learn the the major storylines with this team what's everything that's going on and like no national broadcast will ever know the ins and outs of like the the announcers and play-by-play and and color analysts right do or for that matter even like us watching the team on a daily basis we could know more. I mean, we do. <laughs> we, we would know more, way, way more than they would know because they just don't follow the teams that they're covering. On like probably every team, like or a fan of a certain team, hates when the national guys do their game because they get that feeling like you don't know what you're talking about. Right. It's a it's an easy cop out, but yeah, I'll always ride with the Chicago broadcasters. Oh, dude, 100%. Oh, quickly, what do you think about Ryan Dempster? I go back and forth. I don't, I don't, I, I don't want him in any role past uh, just being the third guy. I think when he's the, the color commentator, I think he – I'm not as big of a fan. But I think it's the color guy. You know, he's, he's, he's a great personality, great guy. He's got some good insight. But I think he's better in that third role. He accompanies Boog and JD pretty well. You know, Boog and JD do such a great job. So I think he's best in he serves best in that third role. Yeah, I I agree with you. I, you know, he's kind of coming around. Uh, I'm kind of coming around on him a little bit more than I was before. Like I thought he was horrible before. Mm-hmm. I really didn't. I was like, he really is adding nothing to this broadcast. Whenever they bring him in. 
I do like him more, like you said, as a, a third role type of guy. Um, <laughs> it was funny because um, when I went back and watched uh, a lot of the, the game, you know, obviously I didn't catch it live like you. Um, and it was funny because Bill Murray, and we didn't even talk about that. Obviously, Bill Murray was a huge part of this game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, beforehand and then his just injection of life that he gave uh with the seventh inning stretch and even uh talking with pat and ron like in the sixth inning i thought that was cool too um but he mentioned that they were talking they were joking around about depth being like locked up in this other booth <laughs> like like he wasn't because he, he's in like a separate like uh-huh. basically like, like cage or whatever and uh I just thought that was kind of hilarious, and uh, and Eddie Murray, or Eddie Murray, geez, Bill Murray, <laughs> baseball player, former baseball player, right? Um, but uh, Bill Murray, it's just hilarious to me too. They kind of went back and forth, but he, when he did the seventh inning stretch, um, of course, he said, "Let's scare those Cardinals." Or like I don't know if he said scare him right out of here or something, but I just thought that was freaking hilarious. <laughs> it was a that was perfect. That was a great seventh inning stretch. Definitely a uh, a little out of the ordinary, but given the circumstances, <laughs> pretty pretty good <laughs> to to say the least. He um <clears throat> man, it, it was funny though because it's like you could just sense just even through the radio, you could sense that the crowd was just jacked up. Mm-hmm. And he held that note at the end. Yeah. <laughs> For an old guy, that can't be easy. No, that's that can't be. I, he probably needed like a whole freaking gallon of water after that. <laughs> you know, hashtag crack him. But uh, right. I'm sure he had some uh, what Cody probably had with the $12 uh, beers flowing. In the, in probably. The but, yeah, man, what do you say we move on a little bit here to uh, – we could just – Briefly touch on the the White Sox. I know we're obviously the huge Cubs fans, and we uh-huh. watch them, you know, very closely. Watch every game. I try to I try to watch as many White Sox games as I can too, just because they're the other team in town. And um, you know, Sox fans will be like, "Well, what are you watching our team for? Don't worry about your team. It's because you don't like your team. No, it's because it's Chicago and." Yeah. Hey, they're playing good baseball too. Like, what's not to like about Chicago? We can, when's the last time we've been able to say that we have two first place teams in Chicago, and the White Sox? I mean, their lead in the in the the Central, the AL Central. Uh, they're up to four and a half games now above yeah. the. You know, with the Twins just being one of the biggest disappointments of the year. They're going to run away with that division. The Indians are kind of just keeping their heads above water at the moment, but there's no way they're going to be able to, you know, come even close to them. So they're going to run away with that division. They're a great team. I I, I can't get all the way there that I'll root for them or I'll be happy that they're winning. It's cool. It's definitely cool, but But it's not tough. No, it's not cool and tough. (laughs) (laughs) It's tough that I think it's cool. Um, I I won't root for them. I, I like you know. I definitely tune into the games. I, I definitely watch and I keep up on the scores and stuff. But I still would prefer that they lose. I'll be petty if I have to. No, I you know that's hey that's 
That's normally, I think, how this rivalry is supposed to work. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm one of the weird Cubs fans where I call me, call me stupid or whatever. I don't know, but I've never really hated the White Sox. Like, and, and despite all my friends that are White Sox trying to get me to hate, talk to them, I absolutely hate the fucking Sox. So because. They try to make this comparison, and they always try to go Cubs, Sox, Cubs, Sox. And when we play the Sox, I absolutely hate the Sox. It's Cubs no matter what, you know, whatever. But I never root against them. Like, I never, I never like, I just don't care. I'm like, this is cool. You're doing good. And, like, obviously I like watching the games and stuff. But, I mean, like, I don't root against them because I'm like, all right, the Cardinals, Brewers, all those mm-hmm. teams, I'm like, they're not in our division, so I don't care. And mm-hmm. people are like, well, fuck you for thinking that. But <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I I don't hate on people who who like who like to cheer for both, especially if you're not that into baseball. But yeah, I, I personally, I I'm, I I can't get myself to root for them even one ounce unless we need them for to win for standings or something. Right. Yeah. Like when they were playing. Um... Uh, who did they just play? They were playing the Cardinals. Yeah. And they did kind of help us out a little bit, I think. Yeah. I think they won two out of three there. Yeah. And that was nice. But, uh, yeah, the Sox. So, the Sox took two or three from the Blue Jays. Um, Lance Lynn's a freaking horse. Yep. Carlos Rudd turned in a pretty good outing. Um, uh, you know, started out kind of meh. But he, I mean, it turned into a real pitcher's duel there against Robbie Ray. Uh, Lance Lynn, I think he posed uh, out the youngster, really young, really good prospect, uh, Alec Manoa, who just kind of shot through the system. I was a little bit surprised to see him, like, so quickly in the major leagues. I didn't think he'd be there that fast. But the Blue Jays are a solid team. Yep. Uh, despite their, and their lineup is just lethal. Uh, the bullpen eh, a little bit shaky sometimes, and they're rocking two former Cubs in that bullpen: Tyler Chatwood and Carl Edwards Jr. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, I I kind of like like we were joking about Chatwood's walk rate and stuff, but like he really proved a lot towards the end with the uh-huh. Cubs, and I thought he he pitched much better uh, after that first season, right. Um, well, maybe first season and a half, but like the second half of that second season and really on from there, he pitched pretty damn well. And I think he's been solid with the Jays for the most part. But other than that, like Jordan Romano, everybody else is just, I mean, Jordan Romano has been good, but everybody else has just been, I mean, the Sox put up, what was it like, I want to say five runs in an eighth inning against them? Um, I'm not positive. I'd believe it though. But man, they yeah, and then uh, Friday or tonight, as we're recording this, um, the Sox played, jeez, uh, the Tigers and won five to four in ten innings. And uh, you mentioned before the podcast that um, I think it was Yoan Mercado, right? Hit a yeah, sack fly. fly. Yeah, there it was pouring rain in the ninth inning. Well, they were up by two, and Liam Hendricks is kind of throwing a little fit on the mound, being like, "This is, it's raining way too hard to be pitching out here." Which <laughs> it, it on camera it did look, it did look like that. And so he finally, they finally, they went into a rain delay. 
immediately following the Randall A, he gave up a two-run homer <laughs> that tied oh, the game. Oh but they were able to come back and win. Jeez. It's crazy, though, that, you know, you can blow a lead like that and it just doesn't affect. Like, the, the White Sox seem to, like, shake off these close games that are, uh, like, even when the bullpen doesn't perform their best, you know, it, and they, they make something happen late in the game and they usually pull them out, it feels like. Um, mm-hmm. That's, uh, it's, obviously they're facing a weaker opponent than the Tigers, but, uh, so you, you would not, you don't want to lose these kind of games and blow it like that way. That's not ideal, but, uh, given the conditions, that's probably, that's got to feel like a nice win nonetheless. Yep. They're good. I mean, they're just a good team, man. They're going to be there at the end of the season. No doubt about it. Even with all these injuries that they've sustained. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, so the Sox play at uh, 310 Central tomorrow against the Tigers uh, once again. And then Dylan Cease is going to go up against Jose Urania, who started out the season. He actually pitched uh, okay. He hasn't looked too terrible. 4.25 ERA overall. Cease, for the most part, uh, 3.36 ERA. Four and two record. Um, they should take care of business again tomorrow, even though they're in Detroit. Um, I just think that they're just too good of a team not to. But you never know. I think Urania can just give teams some fit sometimes, and uh, you know, kind of dances his way out of uh, out of damage and uh, gets some ground balls and stuff. Even though he gives up some hard contact, but. Um, but yeah, and then you got Rodon on Sunday, which Tigers starters not. But uh, yeah, the Sox, you got to be feeling good where you're at right now. Obviously, the Twins, like you said, they just really bad this season. Uh, they're going to get Byron Buxton back, I think, pretty soon. It sounds like he he's close to. I don't know if he already started the rehab assignment or if I saw that he was just close to being on the rehab assignment, but. Um, I mean, he was lighting the world on fire, but that's mm-hmm. not really. Um, but I, I think, regardless, I think it's too late for the Twins. Mm-hmm. I think they're only really. I mean, the, I, I, the Indians aren't going to be able to sustain any sort of offense to accompany their pitching. That's pretty solid overall. But uh, it's the White Sox division, and it, it would be. Pretty, it's something crazy is going to have to happen for them not to win that division. Oh, absolutely. Um, if we're talking like looking ahead here for the White Sox, do you think, uh, like individually and even like season, I thought their bullpen was just, just going to be really good uh, with Aaron Bummer, with Liam Hendricks, you know, Kopech, he'll be back at some point. Um, you know, you got guys like Cody Hewer. Um, I'm trying to think of who else right now. Eric Jose Crochet. Crochet, yes. That's he's just dominant mm-hmm. um, for the moment. Like, do you think? Do you think these little hiccups are just that? Are they just hiccups, or are like? Do they have some issues there with like bummer and stuff at times? Like, I, I don't know. Is it is it something that could? linger like later on in the season i mean i think their bullpen's been really good overall 
but I don't know. It's definitely something to pay attention to. I mean, they're late inning runs. That's not something you want to see become a trend, and it seems like it has, even though they have been able to overcome a lot of it if they're in that situation. But, I mean, they got a lot of good pitchers back there. I mean, like you said, Michael Kopech, when he comes back, he's been dominant. Mm-hmm. Liam Hendricks is dominant. You know, the, and their starting rotation has struggled a little bit, you know, outside of Lance Lynn. I mean, Giolito's had a rough start to the year. Dallas Keuchel's had not having a great start to the year. But everyone else in that rotation has been pretty solid. I mean, Rodon has been probably the biggest surprise on the mound and like the entire MLB, except maybe Kevin Gossman. But, you know, they're, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be 1A, 1B, if anything. So yeah. I, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. I, I, it's not something, you know, that you're, you're losing sleep over. But, you know, those guys, they, they got a lot of good arms back there that they're going to be able to lean on. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, wholeheartedly with what you said. Um, and, you know, it's probably encouraging for them. Keiko went six innings, only gave up two runs, and had eight strikeouts, which is really surprising to me. Mm-hmm. Against Blue Jays, he doesn't strike out many guys. So, I, I don't know. Maybe he's turning a corner a little bit. Like you said, Rodon, one of the best stories of the season. Um, you know, he threw a no-hitter earlier in the season. One of the many that we've seen so far. Right. Um, haven't seen one in a while, though. Yeah, I don't know. Is that well, something? A while, to do with I guess, in in terms of the trend. <laughs> right, we were like on track for one a week. Right, <laughs> or two a week. I don't know. It's crazy, but maybe that's something to do with the spider tag. Yeah, yeah. It's. I it wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, there's de- you definitely you're seeing a lot of guys, you know, resurge. Or just kind of come out of nowhere, and you know, I don't want to say it's the, it's the case for all of them or any even any of them, but right. definitely wouldn't surprise me to see that that that's the case for some of these guys. But again, I'm no detective, so I'm not gonna <laughs> I, if you know I'm not gonna say anything unless I see some proof. Right. Unless it's Trevor Bauer, that guy's a cheater. The Bauer, yeah, you can clearly <laughs> you probably saw that video too before the yeah. pregame one of those games where he's like. Just clearly within and putting in those clothes. Right. I mean, Garrett Cole is definitely. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's pretty well known at this point. Clear as day, especially his interview. Like, oh my god, was that bad? He he literally like uh, politicians uh, give worse answers than that. Or, or <laughs> like he yeah he he sounded like a politician on that and. Literally said nothing when he was asked with the question. <laughs> it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. I thought the video was edited. <laughs> it, it honestly felt like it should have been or right. it was. And, you know, his spin rates, not that spin right, rates are like the end-all, be-all, but, like, it's obviously a huge thing in the MLB now that guys are focusing on spin rate and – uh you know, really doing all that they can to increase it, at least for like fastball, uh, their fastball spin rates and stuff. But because like certain pitches like changeups and uh, other pitches like that, it doesn't really affect it as much. It might be better to have less spin rate on like a changeup, but like for fastballs, they really want it. Uh, Cole's spin rate 
has been down. Mm-hmm. It's come out that they're going to start like cracking down on this whole thing. So that's what I find really interesting. Like, okay, or not interesting, but it's like that's pretty obvious, you know? Right, it's pretty clear. So right. we still don't know what the what the league is going to do about it. We've been hearing for you know probably a month now, like, oh, it's coming, it's coming, and just nothing has happened yet. So who knows? Right? Are they just like telling us, like, oh fuck, we're going to crack down, but like. Just hush, hush again. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing that kind of, like, amazed me. We had all these Hall of Famers uh, at Wrigley uh, before the game. You know, and great Hall of Famers, by the way. Um, obviously, legends, Cubs legends. Um, but no Sammy Sosa. Not a Hall of Famer. My opinion should be. Right. But besides mm-hmm. the point, um, I, I really, really think – and. I mean, I wrote an article about it on the past at uh, the other site I wrote I write for, and uh, talking about how he should be at Hall of Fame in the Hall of Fame. But uh, what all these pitchers are doing right now with like stuff that MLB is allowing, this MLB was allowing back in the day, but the Cubs and the Ricketts and whoever else won't welcome back Sammy Sosa to the Cubs and can't have him at, like, an opening day type of set. Like, it makes no sense to me. When are they going to allow this guy to come back? Like, I agree. Gonna... You know, it, it, it's it's time, and I think the fans are ready for it. They're past the point of being ready for it, you know. It's just, you know, one day. Swallow your pride for one day. <laughs> Dude, and how perfect would it have been? All those Cubs-Cardinals games, like, with the home run chase and stuff like that mm-hmm. with Mark. How perfect would it have been to have Sammy there today? And right. I mean, I don't want to get away from how great the day was because it was absolutely amazing. And we wanted full capacity, uh, a win, you know, electric crowd, atmosphere, but just just bringing the guy back. Like, that's like my childhood, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I... I But, yeah, Joe, man, it's been great. I think we actually ran way overboard um, <laughs> for listening. To, hopefully people are listening to podcasts uh, on a Saturday for this long. Um, I don't know what people do on Saturdays if they're not working. They probably don't even listen to podcasts. But uh, maybe you're cleaning your house or something, getting ready for this Cubs and Cardinals game or White Sox. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But, yeah, Joe, it's been great. Uh, I, I really appreciate you hopping on here. and I, I like talking to you. I love talking about baseball. Um, let everybody know what you got going on. I know you do a ton of writing at the, you know, the site, uh, one of the sites that I write for, ontapsportsnet.com. But, uh, yeah, Joe, let everybody know where they can find you and what you, what you got coming up. Right, so you can follow me on Twitter at, at Joe Maris, J-O-E-M-A-R-R-A-S. And like you mentioned, you can see, you know, you can read uh, some of my work at ontapsportsnet.com as well as cut at cubbies on taps, U-B-B-I-E-S on tap. You know, that's where we do the post game live, the live post game shows that we, we also make and do a podcast for the next day if you're not watching live. So any of those places, follow me, read my stuff. Let me know what you think. You know, I'm always in just like this. I mean, anytime somebody wants to talk baseball, I'm always in. And that's what's been go- so great about being able to do this with ONTAP and 
you today. Yeah, man, absolutely. I mean, I would say that's cool and tough. Mm-hmm, so, definitely. Uh, and that's like, you know, the on tap slogan, it feels like. I'll crack them, and we've already cracked a few. You got your uh, line of Google Summer Shandy. I yep. got my Yingling, Yingling Premium. But, uh, yeah, we're going to have to do this again. Definitely. Uh, we'll we'll definitely uh, do something here in the next week or so. Um, you know, I'm – for anybody wondering, uh, obviously my my stuff can be found now at ontapsportsnet.com, Chicago stuff, mostly all just Cubs right now. Um, I don't even think about the Bears until we're in the season, but that's not true. I still think about them. But uh, <laughs> Justin Fields got a standing ovation today, yeah, by the way. Did. Just had just cool. it. It's really cool. Yeah, I I, I love uh, all the hype that's going around with the Bears right now. I really do. Um, I'm just so dialed into this Cubs season that I'm just trying, like, uh, just stay away a little bit longer, but like it's hard to avoid it, you know, all this hype. It's hard to avoid it and then get, get me excited. But, uh, and you know, you can find a lot of my stuff still at uh, primetimesportstalk.com as well. I'm still doing DFS stuff, still doing fantasy baseball stuff. I'll be doing uh, NFL stuff, uh, fantasy football, and DFS stuff as well. Just uh, trying to find the time for all this stuff. But, uh, yeah, I feel refreshed coming back from that trip, and I'm going to look to get some more podcasts out to you guys, whoever's listening, if I still even have listeners at this point because it's been so freaking long. Uh, so I apologize to anybody listening that's been, like, waiting. Like, when's it going to come out with another one? Well, I don't know, but uh, I probably don't even have it at this point. But, um, yeah, follow me on Twitter at theriot 326 Follow Joe at Joe Maris, like he said. Follow Cubs on tap at Cubbies on tap. Yep. Um, catch all of the, the streams there that they do, the, all the post games and all that, like you said. And, uh, yeah, Joe, it's been fun. And uh, everybody, thanks for listening. And we'll talk soon.